Redbox Media Programming is brought to you by... We've got good news. The world is open again, and people like you, people of faith, are traveling to Catholic sites around the world. Want to travel with exceptional Catholic leaders this fall, next year, or in the future? Are you looking to see specific sites, celebrate traditional Latin Mass, or travel to destinations without vaccine requirements? We are here to help you deepen your faith on pilgrimage. Give us a call at 1-800-842-4842 or visit us online at selectinternationaltours.com. Select International Tours is your pilgrimage company, and we have the perfect Catholic trip for you. Are you looking to serve God and society? Consider putting your gifts to work as a lawyer. Ave Maria School of Law has been educating faith-filled lawyers for over 20 years. Ave Maria School of Law is committed to training lawyers to use law appropriately around the moral issues of our time. Visit AveMariaLaw.edu to learn more about integrating your faith with a law degree. Hello there and welcome to the program. My name is Gary Zimak. I hope you can come on in. Make yourself at home. I plan to be here for the next 30 minutes, and I certainly hope you'll be able to stick around for the entire program. Come Holy Spirit. Today is a big day because today, or this weekend, I should say, the church celebrates on Sunday of this weekend the Solemnity of Pentecost. Come Holy Spirit. This is regarded as the birthday of the church because this is the day When the Holy Spirit descended upon the church, we're going to look at the Mass readings from Pentecost Sunday. We'll talk a little bit about why it matters, the the fact that the Holy Spirit really makes a difference. We'll, We'll explore that a little bit because the Holy Spirit is huge, not just in your life personally, but in the life of the church. So I think you're going to like these readings. They're not especially long today, so we should have some time to talk about some things. I am really glad that you're able to join me, though. Uh, this is special because, just to just to put this in perspective, we're going to be headed back into ordinary time. Now, if we look at the next several Sundays, we'll we'll see uh, at least two. Well, there'll be two more solemnities coming up, even though we will be in ordinary time. Next Sunday, we spe- we celebrate Trinity Sunday, and then the following Sunday is the solemnity of Corpus Christi, or the body and blood of Jesus Christ. But we are still going to be back in ordinary time. But, you know, that's not a bad thing. We are, um, it's kind of, kind of, I don't know if you want to call it sad, but I, we're, 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 with Pentecost Sunday, we bring the Easter season to a close. And it's, you know, it's, it's certainly nice to have the Easter season we, because we want to rejoice at the resurrection of Jesus. The church feels it's important enough to celebrate it for seven weeks. So obviously it's a great thing to celebrate the Easter uh, season for seven weeks, just not for one day. But we go back into ordinary time now, and we take that, if you want to look at it this way, we take that resurrection joy, the joy of the risen Jesus back into ordinary time. You know, the ordinary aspect, the ordinary uh, circumstances of our lives aren't really ordinary when you bring the Lord into them. So that's one of the th- reasons I do this program. That's one of the reasons I love sharing this time with you because it inspires me, reminds me that the Lord's with me. He's with you, and we can, with His help, get through whatever it is. 
that we have to face in life. Amen? All right. Let me take a sip of my water, and then I want to get started. We will begin in prayer. Let's talk to our Heavenly Father and kick this show off by praying to Him, by asking Him for what we need, by acknowledging His presence, by thanking Him for being our Father, and thanking Him for sending the Holy Spirit. Please join me in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, Father in heaven, Father, we praise you. We worship you. All glory and honor is yours, Heavenly Father. We acknowledge you as the supreme being, Almighty God, creator of all things. Father God, we also acknowledge you as our Father, and we thank you for adopting us as your children. Father, we turn to you today and we give you thanks for all you have done in our lives. We thank you for sustaining us for so many years. You never once did not provide for us. Sure, there may have been times, Father, when we we wanted more, we wanted things that we didn't get, but we realize that you never promised to provide for every one of our wants, but instead you promised through your son Jesus to provide for our needs. And sometimes we have a hard time telling the difference, but the fact that we're alive reminds us that you did take care of all of our needs, and we we have to thank you for that, Father. We ask you to watch over us, to give us the grace that we need, to follow you, to do your will, to avoid committing any sins. Father, we pray for the grace to know you better. We pray for the grace to love you more. We pray for an increased desire to serve you more. Father, we turn to you and we ask you to open up our hearts on this Pentecost Sunday, to open up our hearts so that we can hear the message that you have for us today. And in a special way, Father, I ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit on me so that I can deliver the message that you would like me to deliver. Father, as always, I ask these things in the name above all names, the name of Jesus Christ, your Son, and our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, thank you so much for praying with me, if you're just tuning in. My name is Gary Zimek, and I realize that you could be listening to this program in a number of different ways. You could be listening over the air, and I am extremely grateful to those radio program, those radio stations who carry this, this show. So if you're listening that way, welcome. If you're listening through the podcast, welcome. You know, there are a number of different ways that, that you could be listening, but however you happen to turn to this program, I'm grateful that you're able to join me. As we explore the Mass Readings for Pentecost Sunday, very quickly, I want to direct you to my website, followingthetruth.com. If you want to find out more information about my work, if you want to subscribe, free of charge to my daily email reflection, Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled, or if you want to invite me to speak at your parish, followingthetruth.com is the place to go. You might also want to pick pick up a copy of my latest book, when your days are dark, God is still good, especially if you or somebody you know is needs some hope. That's why I wrote the book, to give hope to somebody who might be feeling hopeless. So head on over to followingthetruth.com if you would like to find out more information. All righty, let's get to these readings now. And again, we're looking at the Mass readings for Pentecost Sunday. 
they are they are not overly long, but I was as I read them before the program, they're good. They're good. I mean, they're always good, but sometimes I have to pray over them a, a lot harder than other times. You know, sometimes it really requires some digging to come up with a common theme, but on Pentecost Sunday, it's not that tricky because every one of these rela- the readings pertains or is related to the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit. So as we always do, let's follow the lead of the church and who puts the greatest emphasis on the gospel. And that's why I always start with the gospel, because really we want to, we, we want to we leave. I know we don't do this at Mass, but on this program, since I, I like to look for the common theme, the church definitely states that the gospel has a place of prominence. So I personally like to highlight it. I like to start with the gospel because really that, I, I believe, builds the entire theme for the Sunday Mass. So with that in mind, let's go to John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. On the evening of that first day of the week, now let me just let me just sidetrack for a minute here. We're talking here about the day the Lord rose from the dead. This is the first Easter Sunday. Now, this particular reading, you're going to see why the church uses it, but this does not take place on Pentecost. This takes place on the day that Jesus rose from the dead. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews. Now, why were they there? They were there because they they didn't know that Jesus rose from the dead yet. They were terrified because their leader had been put to death. He had been crucified, and they were afraid that they were going to be next. So they were hiding with the doors locked, completely shut off for fear of the Jews. And in the midst of all this, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. Now, you know, this is not the main focus of the, of, of, of the readings today, but this particular, uh, this particular passage is one that I always use when I do my Give Up Worry for Lent Parish Missions because it, it reminds us all that in the, in, the, in the midst of our fears, when we are hiding behind closed doors, and sometimes they are not physical doors we're talking about, hiding in fear, you know, we could even be out in the world and hiding in fear, totally afraid. In the midst of it all, Jesus is always willing to come to us and offer his peace, which is exactly what happens. These guys are scared to death. They're hiding. And Jesus, with his resurrected body, came right through the door, the locked door, stood in their midst and said to them, peace be with you. Try to imagine what an incredible scene that was. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. In other words, guys, it really is me. They really did kill me. Look at my, the wounds in my hands and my side. Just to make sure that they understood that he was indeed crucified. He did indeed die, and he absolutely rose from the dead. How did they react? The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. He said it to them twice. But now here comes the part that really pertains to um, Pentecost. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgiven are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. 
Now, essentially, what, what the Lord is doing is sending out his apostles. These are the apostles here, even though they're referred to as disciples. He gives them the Holy Spirit, receive the Holy Spirit, and then he, in the eyes of the church, he institutes the sacrament of confession by giving them the authority to forgive or retain sins. You know, this isn't the focus really of today, the institution of the sacrament of confession, but this is an important and powerful, um, what's the word I'm looking for, Um, biblical passage which, which provides biblical support for the sacrament of confession. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, and whose sins you retain are retained. When you think about it, the only way that they would know to be able to forgive or retain sins was to if was if they would listen audibly to the people coming to them for confession. So he he gives them the authority to forgive or retain sins. In order to do that, they have to make a decision, which means they have to to be able to hear what the person confessing their sins is saying. And really, that's what happens in the sacrament of confession. But again, that's not the real, that's not the focus of today. It's an incredible passage, though. But we want to see, we want to really focus on the fact that this is the first installment, if you will, for the inner circle, for the apostles, the first bishops, that's who they were, receiving the Holy Spirit and then being sent out to use the gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially that particular gift of forgiving sins in the sacrament of confession. So we see that sending of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look. Now that was on the the inner circle, if you want to call it the apostles, the 12, the 12 well, the 11 at this point, the chosen ones, the first bishops, the leaders of the church. That's who received the Holy Spirit first, that first installment of the Spirit. Now for the first reading, we go to the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Now, throughout the Easter season, and I love this, we've been reading in the first readings, both the Daily Mass and oftentimes on Sunday, the Acts of the Apostles. But we always skipped over this section, because this is the section that really pertains directly to Pentecost. This is the reference to Pentecost Sunday, and the church wanted us to, wanted to reserve this particular passage for the celebration of Pentecost. Again, Acts 2, chapter, verse 1 through 11. When the time for Pentecost was fulfilled, they were all in one place together. And suddenly there came from the sky a noise like a strong driving wind, and it filled the entire house in which they were. Then there appeared to them tongues of fire, which parted and came to rest on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them to proclaim. So what we see is an outward manifestation of the inward reception of the Holy Spirit. This is on the whole church now, not just the apostles. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven, staying in Jerusalem. At this sound, they gathered in a large crowd. But they were confused because each one of them heard each one of them heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and in amazement they asked, Are not all these people who are speaking Galileans? 
then how does each of us hear them in his native language? We are Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, inhabitants of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the districts of Libya, near Cyrene, as well as travelers from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues of the mighty acts of God. And what we see here is a pretty startling manifestation of the power, or the unitive, I guess I could call it, power of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit unites the church, unites people from all over the place. And when we look at, when we look at our Catholic church, the church exists around the world, even though people speak different languages. But that, that similar language, if you want to call it that, of the Holy Spirit is a, is a uniting force of the people of all nations. The, the, again, the universal aspect of our Catholic faith. And it's pretty cool because the, the, the church believes that the Holy Spirit is guiding her to make proclamations, to interpret the scriptures. All of it comes from the Holy Spirit. And that's the beauty of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit works in the church. Let me me read the rest of the readings, then we'll maybe elaborate a little bit more. The responsorial psalm is Psalm 104. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Bless the Lord, O my soul, O Lord, my God. You are great indeed. How manifold are your works, O Lord. The earth is full of your creatures. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. If you take away their breath, they perish and they return to dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and the, re- and, the and you renew the face of the earth. So this, this Holy Spirit being sent upon the church which we celebrate on Pentecost, is a renewal. It's a reawakening. It's a rebirth. And that's why it's often referred to as, this day is referred to as the birthday of the church. May the glory of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord be glad in his works. Pleasing to him be my theme. I will be glad in the Lord. Lord, send out your spirit and renew the face of the earth. Wow, really, really good stuff. Let's look at the second reading. It's from St. Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, beginning in verse 3. Brothers and sisters, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. As a body is one, though it has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, are one body, so also Christ. For in one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free persons, and we were all given to drink of one spirit. And you see that, we see further that language, that uniting language of the one spirit, the spirit who works in the church. Now, the idea of nobody saying Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit doesn't mean just saying the words, but it means acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, you know, I'm a big believer 
in, well, let's just say this, when we, we first receive the Holy Spirit when we're baptized, and then we, we have the completion of that, that gift of the Holy Spirit when we're confirmed. So it's sort of a one-two process, a two-part process. But uh, unless we take steps to activate the Spirit, you got to want the Spirit to act in your life in order to see the fruits of the Spirit produced. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is not going to just take away your free will and take over for you. The Holy Spirit's more than willing to transform you and me into other Christs. And I know that's kind of incredible. The Holy Spirit wants to do that. But it's up to you and I to say, okay, Holy Spirit, have at it. And, you know, I'm a believer. I pray every morning to the Holy Spirit. When my, when my wife and I say our morning prayers together, we always say, come Holy Spirit, please come alive in us this brand new day. Because every day provides new opportunities to let the Holy Spirit work in us. So we pray every day, come Holy Spirit, inspire all of my thoughts, my words, and my actions of this day. And I always add, please make the Father and Jesus more real to me and give me an increased awareness of their presence. Because one of the big challenges for us living in the world is losing sight of God. Amen? Right? It happens. We start off okay. That's why I believe I'm a believer in praying early in the morning, making sure I get my day started off right. And then I'm able to go to Mass. My wife and I are able to go to Mass every morning, which is fantastic. I know not everybody can do that, but we're able to do that. And what happens when you start your day that way, asking the Holy Spirit to help you, and if possible, receiving the Eucharist and, and allowing the grace you receive in the Eucharist to let the Holy Spirit grow even more, to come even more alive in you, you're better able to remember God as you go through the distractions of the day. And there's so many of them. It's so easy to just lose sight of them. And, and that's one of the things the Holy Spirit can do in your life. But it's, we have to want it. We have to desire it. Just because you have the Holy Spirit living in you does not mean the Holy Spirit is actively working to the full extent that he can work. Yeah, the Holy Spirit's going to be active to try to prompt you, to try to get your attention if you might be heading down the wrong path. But to get the full effect of the Holy Spirit, to really be transformed into Jesus so that your life can bear the good fruits, the fruits of the Holy Spirit, love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. They're the Holy Spirit's fruits as defined by by St. Paul in his letter to the Galatians. But in order for that to be you, in order for the Holy Spirit to really work in you, you have to keep asking. And I would really recommend you do that at least every morning. How simple is it? You can really just pray, come Holy Spirit. That's it. I I know that sounds too easy, doesn't it? But that's really all you need to do, provided that's what you really want. As long as that's your desire, three words is fine. If you really want the Holy Spirit to come alive in you, come Holy Spirit and really mean it. And if you do that, the Holy Spirit will work in your life. Now, the Holy Spirit's not going to just take over it's, it's not like, it, it's not a matter of being on autopilot, right, or cruise control. The Holy Spirit's going to help you. You're going to get ideas. You're going to get certain feelings. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Maybe you'll have desires to do the right thing, 
to reach out to somebody even though you don't want to, to say the right thing, to hold back, whatever it is. And then it's up to you to say, okay, I'm going to go along with it. I've heard it described that the Holy Spirit is a combination of power steering and GPS. So the GPS tells you what to do. The power steering makes it a little easier to do it. But ultimately, you're going to have to fight off those oftentimes sinful human desires to not want to do the right thing. I mean, this happens to me all the time. And go ahead and cooperate with that grace given to you by the Holy Spirit. But certainly the Holy Spirit makes it a lot easier to do the right thing and to produce those good fruits in you. Because ultimately, you and I, we are called to be other Christs, not on our own, but by letting the Lord's Holy Spirit work in us. And that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit. And it's different but similar, in a different but similar way, the Holy Spirit works in the church to continue to guide the church as times change, as circumstances change, as new interpretations of the scriptures are required to face problems that we we never had to face before. You know, a hundred years ago, artificial intelligence was not an issue. Certain things that have come about because of technology were not an issue 100, 200, 300 years ago. So the church, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, has to take into the account the unchanging tradition with a capital T, which is the apostolic teaching handed down from the original apostles to the present day, and also interpret the scriptures to to deal with these new developments, technology, changes in civilization, whatever it may be. That's all done by the Holy Spirit. So today I, I just recommend you, you, you pray, offer a prayer of thanks to the Holy Spirit for working in you and continue every day to pray, come Holy Spirit, and then expect something to happen. You might not feel any different. I can almost guarantee you won't feel any different when you pray, come Holy Spirit. But just assume that the Lord sent the Holy Spirit, that he will answer that prayer because he wants to. Jesus said, anytime you ask for the Holy Spirit, the Father's going to give the Holy Spirit to you. Remember, it's not an additional coming of the Holy Spirit because you receive the fullness of the Spirit at baptism and confirmation. You got what you need, but you need a dose of the Spirit to meet the new problems of the day. It's sort of an awakening of the Spirit. I think that's more accurate. Anyway, I love talking about the Holy Spirit. It was really great to spend some time with you to chat a little bit. And uh, if you have any questions, please email me at Gary at followingthetruth.com. God willing, I look forward to being back with you next week on the program. You know, I just uh, don't want to be presumptuous. I expect to be here, but it's really up to the Lord. If he lets me show up, I'm definitely going to be here. I would invite you to visit my website, followingthetruth.com, if you want to find out more information about my work. I am trying to book some Give Up Worry for Lent Parish Missions for 2024. I still have openings, so if you're interested or your parish is interested, please send me an email, gary at followingthetruth.com, or use the contact form on the website. And you know, um, I've noticed that donations have been going down a bit. You know, I understand there are, people are struggling financially, but if there's any chance that you'd be willing to support my ministry um, to go forward, uh, this is a full-time ministry, and I do depend on your support. I would, I would really appreciate it if you would go to followingthetruth.com, click on Donate, 
and either become a one-time, make a one-time donation, or become a monthly sponsor. You can do that securely through PayPal right on the website. That's followingthetruth.com. If you're already doing that, thank you so much. But if you're thinking about it, if you enjoy my work, if you want to continue to fund this ministry, which I've done full-time now for 11 years, praise the Lord, um, I would greatly appreciate your financial support. So that's followingthetruth.com. And as always, I always tell you this, but I mean it. I pray for you every day. And if you would keep me and my family in your prayers, I would be extremely grateful. Anyway, it's about time for me to run. Thank you so much for listening. You made it through the entire show. I really appreciate you keeping me company. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. Remember the power of the Holy Spirit. Three words. Come Holy Spirit. Repeat it often and you are going to see results. God bless you. See you next time.